just for you. Dance with the Taker. Rest in peace. The most powerful entity in the World Wrestling Federation. Slam Jam Dead. Welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. This is Josh Heiser here with James Prophet, and tonight we are going to try The Undertaker and see if we can make him famous. <laughs> uh, we have a special guest. Uh, first timer, right? Uh, no, he was here with no. us for the WrestleMania 36 podcast. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Um... Tommy Jewel. Yeah, good friend yeah. of the podcast. Tommy, how you doing tonight, man? Good, doing good. It's my second time. Two time, two time. <laughs> so, yeah, so we are running through a tournament that was posted by was it WWE.com or just... Uh, Twitter account. I think, Tommy, you were the one that found this for us, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, uh, saw, a pop, saw a pop-up um, on on Facebook, actually, I believe. And then I uh, threw it out to the group. And it's okay. 32 matches trying to find the one good Undertaker match. Do you think <laughs> we can find it? <laughs> so, yes, this is called the Undertaker's Greatest Match Tournament. And what we're going to do tonight as an exercise, we're going to run through this tournament. Uh, we're going to come down to the one, the Greatest Undertaker Match, according to this bracket. And then at the end, we'll have a little something extra where we talk about the matches that were rather egregiously left off the list. <laughs> Name one or two of our favorites from those. Yes. So, um, do you guys have any thoughts before we jump in? Tommy, uh, you want to go with the first thought? I got some, but you want to <clears> first? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess just about how I approached this uh, tournament was, I mean, there, there's a lot of good matches on here. Uh, of course, Undertaker's in all of them. But sometimes, as far as actually picking one, I leaned into whether it was the Undertaker's, like if, if the match was Undertaker heavy or mm-hmm. if it was really heavy in his career versus if it was, or if it was, more favorable or more important to the other person's career. Interesting. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm interested to see where that'll come up. Okay, cool. I uh, I liked how they broke the tournament down. So, like Josh said, mm-hmm. it's 32 matches, uh, eight matches per bracket, and the four brackets are broken down into the 1990s, and then there's a 2000s bracket, then there's a 2010s bracket, and then a what they call a wild card bracket which is just leftover matches from the bunch my favorite undertaker match by the way not even on this list really so really yeah so i was i a little taken aback by that but we'll get to that at the end i think we'll cover the matches that were not on the tournament josh what did you think about this sorry go tommy 
Sorry, was was he wrestling somebody that the WWE is pretending doesn't exist at the moment? <laughs> yes, he was. As a matter, of that's fact. what I thought. <laughs> Chris Benoit. <laughs> Are you allowed to say that not name? It'll be bleeped on the podcast. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Can we just like cover it with like a voiceover of somebody saying Lord Voldemort? <laughs> but I feel like if we did that, the audience would have a hard time guessing which person the WWE doesn't want to pretend exists that we're talking about. There's a few. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there's CM Punk. There yeah. is uh, Lord Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Who else is there? I mean, don't they kind of do that with Owen? Do you think they? I think they mention Owen sometimes, but because his widow doesn't really want WWE mentioning Owen, they kind of right. step back from that. That's true. Um, hmm. Are they doing it with Kenny Rock Omega? Now? <laughs> with, with who? With. With The Rock, I just see them, like, not really touching on him since he dared uh, appear on video uh, with Impact uh, doing the Ken Shamrock thing, like, acknowledging that there's another wrestling promotion. So, I will say, uh, I on screen, like, they wouldn't really mention The Rock anyway, you know, he's not part of the week-to-week. I don't think they'd mention him, like, for a year or so before that happened anyway. Okay. But... But, but, the rumor right now is that if they can get him, they want him for the main event of WrestleMania oh, to kind okay. of be the ultimate end game of this Roman Reigns family storyline to have a match with Roman Reigns. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I mean, mo- money will always change the mind of the WWE, but I just, I, I just noticed kind of a drop-off of, I don't know, like, kind of like not mentioning him as much as they do because they used to like to drop his name every five seconds if they could. Is it like when they run through Roman Reigns' family, do they do something like, I mean, there's the high chief Peter Maivia, the great Rocky Johnson, as well as Rikishi and several others. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't hear him saying that it's electrifying anymore, you know? Did The Rock say that? He was always so unpredictable with what he would say in his promo. <laughs> All right, James, we're here to bury The Undertaker, not The Rock. Not the yeah. Rock. <laughs> so, yeah. What, what got you on that topic, James? Come on. Uh, what topic specifically? Uh, the, the Rock. <laughs> I don't think I did. I go there. <laughs> It, it was definitely not me. That's all I'm. I'm saying. Okay, my, I will say since this won't come up, since there is no Undertaker versus Rock match on here because their chemistry wasn't always the best. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rock did have he like his promo. Like again, we just kind of dunked on the Rock for having like five catchphrases in like every promo, but his stuff besides that was always really good. And he always had really good stuff about The Undertaker in particular. Oh. <laughs> Where I think he'd always go to, like, the quote would be his Mickey Mouse tattoos and his 33 and a half pound head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one time he was, like, doing an impression of The Undertaker and Kane getting hitting a casino jackpot. 
And he's like the Undertaker running around all happy, freaking everybody out, looking like the Exorcist going, die, 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 and all the other hokey crap. <laughs> I need to look some of these up. Yeah, like some of them are really good. <laughs> and then, uh, did you ever see that 1999 uh, crucifixion angle? Not a crucifixion, but crucifixion angle with the Undertaker and The Rock. I don't remember that. No. Okay, so How this could you really not. right Tommy (laughs) this was really fun like uh, they had done something where the Undertaker had hung Stephanie McMahon on his symbol it's not a cross it's the Undertaker's symbol was like the defense and then he did the same thing to Stone Cold Steve Austin he hung hung him on the symbol and then like I think the month after month or two after all that like The Rock was the challenger he like jumped the Undertaker when he's in like his stupid Ministry of Darkness like phase, and then he calls for something down from the ceiling, and it's like the big cartoonish looking like uh, baby blue Brahma bull sign, right? And he like beats the Undertaker, and he like straps him to that, then they raise it to the ceiling, and the Undertaker screaming, and the Rock like rolls his head and the like rolls his eyes to the back of his head, and, like spits on him, like this is so dumb. And, so that was really fun. <laughs> nice. Awesome. So there you go. Yeah, we dunked down the rock and then we shined his butt. <laughs> uh, if, if you mess with the bulls, you get, you know, crucified on, on, on his horns. <laughs> on the horns, yeah. <laughs> All right, Josh, what did you think about the tournament setup? I liked it. Um, I liked how they grouped them together. I, I felt like it was difficult. You know, some of the ones we mentioned that weren't included... I felt like we're mostly just because, well, not some of them just because of the years, you know, like, um, say, like, to the 2000s, probably could have had a few more, but they were trying to keep them in the kind of groups. And I felt like the wild card was a little odd, you know, like some of those choices, I guess, were just more like fun, uh, gimmicky things. But we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, it was good. I, I have definitely definite questions about one of the wildcard selections and what they were thinking. Yeah. But um, I guess are you ready? To, you guys ready ready to get going with the 1990s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Cool. So the so, Undertaker yeah. debuted at a. By the way, this is going. What we're doing here is kind of a tribute and a setup to not only the Undertaker but the Survivor Series. So this year's Survivor Series is the 30th anniversary. Of the debut of The Undertaker. And they are going to do a kind of formal send-off for The Undertaker before they do one another last formal send-off. <laughs> Not one last match, I think, <laughs> but just some kind of in-ring thing. Before, I'm sure they'll do another formal send-off at the Hall of Fame. But then we had another formal send-off on the network uh, six-part documentary special. Um Undertaker's been a big deal for a long time. He needs like multiple goodbyes, I think, to let it sink in. I think later this year they're going to do a uh, a special with Ken Burns, you know, multi part. The first matchup, I had it right here. Hold on now. And all is... three of us are going to get a vote here, and obviously, winner advances. The Undertaker <laughs> versus the. <laughs> Mankind from King of the Ring, 1998. This is classic. Hell in a Cell match. Um, Versus Undertaker versus Hulk Hogan from Survivor Series, 1991. All right. 
I felt like this matchup was pretty easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, they did seed these. Um, I don't know if we want to get into all of that, but, um, I, you know, so it makes sense that this was relatively easy choice, but because it was number one seed versus number eight. Mm-hmm. So I, I picked Taker Mankind <laughs> from King of the Ring. Ah, very good. All right. So, Tommy, what about you, man? <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I went with uh, Taker uh, Mankind only because, I mean, you know, part many parts from that match, if you're going to do a montage of Undertaker's career, uh, scenes from that match is going to pop up several times in that montage, I think. Even though Absolutely. I feel that, yeah, I mean, I think that match is much more heavy on man like that match solidifies mankind's career or really you know identifies with it but taker was still a huge part of that match so all right so we are going to have a sweep for the first match obviously i'm picking the hell in a cell with mankind but i have kind of a funny story about each of these matches uh if you guys will indulge me for a second sure all right one sweet one not so much so the undertaker mankind match um Mick Foley had, you know, famously the two falls, one off the top through the table and one through the top onto the mat, which was really hard at the time. It's a lot softer now, but it knocked him out, essentially. And later in the match, they got out tax and um, Mankind got, I think, choke slammed into the tax. Okay, so the story goes that they're backstage after the match or they're both kind of getting undressed together, making sure that the other one's okay. And Mankind said, like, I was probably using a lot of words that were quite large to make it seem like I wasn't knocked loopy, and it probably was really obvious that I was trying to cover up for that. (laughs) But he said at one point, while they were getting undressed, he looked to his right and he said, hey, Take, I can't remember, did I ever get the thumbtacks out? And the Undertaker said, I I looked at you, and you had, like, three thumbtacks in your forehead. They were all over your shirt. They were sticking out of your arm. And I just said, yeah, Mick, yeah, you got the thumbtacks out. (laughs) And I said, oh, good. And I kept on undressing. (laughs) Man. So that's the sweet one. The kind of not-so-sweet one is Undertaker Hulk Hogan. Um, This was... One of Hogan's first major losses where it was sort of seeming like, okay, he's on his way out and there's a new crop of guys that are kind of going to replace him, right? The end of the match had Ric Flair slide a chair into the ring and The Undertaker tombstone Hulk Hogan on the chair. Sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty vicious. After the match, Hulk Hogan complained that his neck was hurt, that The Undertaker wasn't being professional, wasn't being careful, and he demanded to go to the hospital to get his neck checked out, and somebody did take him to the hospital. The funny thing about that is that when the Undertaker tombstones him on the chair, you can see this clear as day, his head is like 10 inches off the ground. <laughs> like, he couldn't have been more protected. <laughs> and so when that happened... It kind of like the Hogan stuff was sort of in a blur. Like, I, well, I need to go to the hospital, brother. That was completely unsafe. And as soon as, you know, word kind of got back to Vince, it was sort of like this, like, okay. 
he's got a boo-boo face. <laughs> like, he just wasn't <laughs> happy about losing. And apparently, like, nobody took it seriously at all. Everybody kind of looked at it like, oh, yeah, Hogan, he made us all tons of money, but he's kind of throwing a fit now that it's, you know, his time to move aside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so anyway... <laughs> And apparently The Undertaker kind of held on to that for a long time. He really kind of resented Hogan for it. As he should. Yeah, as he should. <laughs> and, and, it's ridiculous. And luckily with Hogan, I mean, that's very rare. So you don't have a lot of those stories. You know. <laughs> because Hogan doesn't lose a lot. <laughs> well, you know, H- Hogan being a bit of a diva, you, you never hear those stories. Or <laughs> just doesn't work for me, brother. I I liked how he no selled his finisher, like in the match where he wins the belt. Just like you can't just give him, you know what I mean? Like he st- stood straight up from the tombstone. That's just silly. It completely. But... So yeah, um, next up we got. Hit, I'm just gonna start saying his match, so we don't. Have to <laughs> yeah, so we don't say the Undertaker <laughs> a thousand times versus Bret Hart from SummerSlam 1997 versus mm-hmm. this match versus Mankind at In Your House Buried Alive. All right, What's can I go first match? this time? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So Buried Alive, it was surprising to me that they picked this Mankind match. Uh, there are only two in the 1990s that they picked. There could have been four, because out of like the five or six they had, uh, there were like four really good ones. The Buried Alive would be my fourth favorite of the bunch, um, but it was the first ever quote-unquote Buried Alive match. So I can see why they went with it, kind of the de- debut of a gimmick. Um, good match, you know, pretty cool. But Undertaker versus Bret Hart has my favorite finish to a match of all time. Uh, and we covered this in the first episode of our Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker podcast. So I won't rehash it too much here. But Bret spits on Shawn. Shawn swings, swings the chair. Bret ducks. <laughs> the chair whacks Taker in the head full speed. And then Bret just kind of yells at Sean that you have to count, drops calmly to his knees, and Sean Michaels very hesitantly counts the three. Um, it's an amazing finish, super exciting, perfect conclusion to the match, too. Um, and I love the match. It's one of my favorites. So Taker versus Brett moves on for me here. Yeah, I, I have it as well. I'm a huge fan of that match. I've got it going pretty far, spoiler. So I'm... Going with Taker, Brett. Yeah, again, uh, I mean, James, you really kind of hit uh, a lot of the points. But yeah, uh, Taker versus uh, Brett. Um, and, and like you were saying, I can see why they went with since it was the first Buried Alive. I'm not a huge fan of Buried Alive matches anyway. Um, <laughs> nope. Yeah. Is but, anybody. Uh, it, but, but as you're saying, like, again, on the few moments, like just the kind of raw very entertaining storyline moments at the end of that match is just it's it's uh, art how they did it so yeah all right brett moves on um second round will be hell in a cell versus the SummerSlam 97 main event first second round match when we get to it next up we have his match versus kane from wrestlemania 14 
versus his match versus Kane at Unforgiven 1998, which is the Inferno match, right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll go um, and say the first one, uh, Mania, mostly based on the fact that I freaking hate the Inferno match so much. <laughs> so as long as it doesn't make it to the second round, I'll be I'll be happy. It's just um, I, I rewatched it today, and I'm just like I don't understand what they were thinking. Um, I mean, you know, half of these matches of Undertaker are some silly, you know, casket match, buried alive, inferno match. I mean, you you name it. Um, But the inferno one especially bothers me with the just uh, especially the ending like. Taker um, or or Kane like barely. (laughs) hits him with a chair and then like winds up like he's going to, you know, hit him over the top of the head and he gets a big boot and pushes him back into the fire. But he like, I don't know. To me, it looks like he just like turns around and like straight up just puts his hand on the bottom, you know, and then just just, like (laughs) holds it up in there like, oh, and then just like runs to the back. And it's so weird. I don't know. Perfectly. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. And, And then, you know, they eventually ring the bell, which I don't understand. Like, wasn't the idea like you catch on fire, you lose, or was it? Yep. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it was pretty clear <laughs> one, but I don't know. It's just a, not a great match, in my opinion. Okay, so I'm going to go next for the split. Um, Undertaker Kane, the Inferno match. I can actually deal with that match. Taker Kane at WrestleMania, um, it's a really beloved match. To the point where this past year on WWE Shop.com, they made like five or seven like special WrestleMania posters of like the all-time best matches. So there was like a Hogan Rock poster, a uh, Hogan Andre, Sean Razor in the ladder match, Brad Austin, uh, Steamboat Savage, and then the other one was The Undertaker Kane, and. They only made like 250 of these, so you know they all sold out really quick. Um, I I was kind of shocked Taker Kane was one of them because I'm not sure if I've ever made it through that match without falling asleep. And I tried to do it again a few nights ago to get ready for this, and I fell asleep again. (laughs) So I, I woke up, but it seems like a pretty good match once. And by pretty good, I mean it's kind of awkward. I thought kind of plotting, not mm-hmm. the worst thing, but I still fell asleep just because it's so slow in a couple parts. So based on that, and because I think the Unforgiven match is shorter, I'm gonna vote for the Inferno match. <laughs> All right. Uh, so so this is why you guys have me here. <laughs> Tommy is our third vote, just in case there's a split. In case we can't put the match to rest in peace. <laughs> All right. Now, depending on how I vote, you guys aren't going to demand a recount. Like, there's no going to be no ca- uh, calls of fraud, is there? That <laughs> depends on how you cast your ballot, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Just say so you no. Know, it's not a mail-in. I'm in person. <laughs> 
Um, I'm going to have to go uh, WrestleMania on on this one. Awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, normally when yeah. I lose, I act like I'm bummed out. But I mean, come on, it's Taker Kane. How passionate can I get about this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who would have thought Isaac Yankum would become such a star? But Tommy, do you well, like the WrestleMania match? I like the WrestleMania match more than I do the Inferno match. Um, again, yeah, kind of like what uh, Josh was kind of pointing out. Um, you should never attempt an Inferno match unless you're willing to go all out, like you know, like some of the crazy gimmick matches you see you see uh, Mick Foley do in Japan, or like you know, if there's an explosion match, somebody's going to get like exploded. If there's barbed wire, somebody's going to get barbed wired. Um, it's going to not be pretty. Yeah, the the cell on the Inferno, and it's like uh, if if you're going to have an Inferno match, somebody needs to catch fire. I'm you know I'm not necessarily saying I want to see people on fire, but it it was a bit of a letdown. So I'm going to go with the uh, the main event. Tommy, are you are you pulling the if it was in the Tokyo Dome argument? <laughs> Taker Kane wouldn't have been three stars if it was in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> <laughs> three stars. Um, okay. <laughs> so next up, we got uh, Shawn Michaels, WWE In Your House, Bad Blood, 1997, versus uh, Undertaker's match with Yokozuna from Survivor Series 1994. Oh I, man. Go ahead, Tommy. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go uh Taker HBK ninety-seven. Um I'm a huge I mean, you guys did an amazing job covering their uh their rivalry and I I mean I love their th- this is probably not my favorite of of their run together, but it, I mean it was a great match and it really I mean it, it was very important for the business at the time i i feel like it was just yeah it was a well it was it was a well put together match um and yeah i'm going to go with uh, hbk okay yeah so for the split i'm gonna pick the yoko i'm just kidding of course i, I want to sell one i thought you I might was, James. Just, yeah, i know you're a yoko guy i am i'm a big yoko guy i love yokozuna i do want to bring up this Yokozuna match, the two Kane matches, the Hogan match, I think they were trying to get a variety of opponents on here right. Because mm-hmm. the Sean Ground Zero match was better than all four of those. The Bret Hart match from One Night Only was better than all four of those. Um, the Foley match from In Your House Revenge of the Taker was better than all four of those. Uh, and all four of those are better by a pretty large margin, so I think they just kind of wanted to spread out the stars, kind of. But, yeah, for what we have to work with here, definitely Hell in a Cell by a country mile. Even though I, I like that Survivor Series match. It's fine. It's fun. Yeah. Josh, I'm assuming we have a sweep here, right? Yep. Indeed. Bad blood. Although, right, you want to wrap heard up? my feelings of the uh, finish of that match before, but... <laughs> is that why it loses one quarter star uh, that's why it <laughs> may or may not lose in the future we'll see 
Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I love it. I I I, can't, I was trying to remember what how we ranked ours um, at the end of that feud, and I I can't remember, but I think I might have had this highest, but um, I don't I don't remember. Anyway, so did you say go ahead and do the '90s all the way through? I I think that'd said? be fun. Do you want to sure. do that? Yeah. Sure. So so next up we would have. Mankind second from King round. Of the Ring. Yeah. Um, Mankind from King of the Ring versus Bret Hart from SummerSlam 1997. That is a doozy of a second round matchup. Dude, yeah. Uh, this might be, be an underdog. <laughs> yeah, this could be the finals. Those are both just top notch. Um, mm-hmm. One's super famous, one is super quality. They're both super quality. And and you guys know Brett's my favorite ever, so I'm probably biased, but I really, really love that Brett match, so I'm going to pick it. Nice. Tommy? Uh, James ha- is, like, correct on all his points, but, again, I'm just kind of running through, like, the Tommy Jewel montage of, yeah. of Undertaker, and... Uh, the mankind uh, match for the Hell and Cell match for mankind is still. I mean, it you just can't. It's iconic. Beat. Yeah. So, yeah, and I mean, I could never take anything away from Bret Hart, but yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the mankind Hell and Cell. To your point, Tommy, if you were to list like the ten quote unquote most important matches in WWE history, or the ten biggest. 10 with the biggest legacy, that Bret Hart match would be nowhere near the list, but that Mankind one would be high on the top yeah. 10. Well, especially I mean, spots, you know. I, I feel yeah. like if you did top 10 spots, that might be <laughs> number one or number two, that him throwing him off of the hell in the cell. I feel w- like that's w- on every package ever. <laughs> It is. Every documentary about either one of those guys. In fact, WWE made a DVD a few years ago. It was Top 50 OMG Moments is what they called it. That was number one. The Taker oh, nice. Mankind Hell in a Cell. What was number two? I can't oh. remember. <laughs> um, Alright, so I well, got the split. Yeah, you got the split. So, um... I have a few things on the Mankind one. So, one, Tommy, you mentioned how it, it made Mankind, and it's definitely, definitely true. I, I watched that, I rewatched it today, and I also thought it made The Undertaker at least remade whatever, you you know, word you want to use. But when he, you know, Mankind kind of does, like, all of the work, meaning um, all of the hard falls, and I looked it up because I was like... I. Sorry, I'm all over the place. When he when he threw him off, you know, I've seen it a million times, but watching it just in real time, I'm like, how did he not die? And I, I looked it up, so he had two missing teeth, multiple stitches below his lip, dislocated jaw, concussion, bruised kidney, and a dislocated oh shoulder. Oh, gosh. From and, that one fall? Well, it, it was from the whole match. I don't know if some of it was from the, the other fall, but still. Oh, uh, and also, like, a critical fall is, like, I think some sort of scientific <laughs> definition. And he had two critical, both of those were critical falls in the match. 
Um, but, but my point is, after the second one, when he goes through the cell and Undertaker climbs down, he looks like the biggest badass that's ever lived. Like, mm-hmm. he just, you know, all of yeah. that craziness that mankind did, like, he's the one that inflicted it, you know, and he just looks like just a million bucks. Um, he had a broken foot when that happened, too. Did you know that? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, the Undertaker was wrestling on a broken foot. Oh, man. So when he drops from the top of the cell, you know, even though he's, like, kind of holding on to the top, and then it's only, like, a four- or five-foot drop, that's a four- or five-foot drop on a broken foot. So he's tough as nails too. (laughs) I don't know which Hebner it was, but one of them freaks out when he turns around into the Undertaker, and it's hilarious. Um, (laughs) But anyway, all that to say... Um, I vote, I'm voting for that Brett match because it's better. <laughs> <laughs> it, you're right, James. It is yeah. like an all-timer, and it's just so classic. But I watched both of those today, and I'm just... That Brett match is just so freaking good. So it gets my <laughs> vote. Awesome. So <sighs> um, that brings us to Brett again. Uh, versus Sean. Brett versus Sean can't get around it. Wait, you know? We did not do uh, WrestleMania 14 Kane versus Sean. Michaels. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking at my own bracket here. I, I wrote it down like I'm in, uh, you know, March Madness. But um, yeah, you're right. So we have Kane versus Kane from WrestleMania uh, 14. Yeah. Versus Sean from um, Hell in the Cell. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Sean. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is going to be another clean sweep for Sean Michaels on a cell here. Not quite the uh, Mankind versus Brett matchup, but (sighs) Tommy, you going with Sean? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and again, with with Sean Michaels, I mean, it was the first, so it's like. And it's funny because that Sean, I mean, we can move into the, the next one, but it's it's Brett um, SummerSlam 97 versus Sean from Bad Blood 97. Mm-hmm. 1997 was a good year for wrestling. Dude, 1997 was, 1997 was a great year for The Undertaker. Um, a lot of the matches they left off. He won the Brett. title in 97, didn't he? He did, and that match sucked yep. really, really badly. <laughs> But the uh, final four match from uh, the month before, the main event of that In Your House, that was a great match. His match with Mankind at Revenge of the Taker was great. Uh, His match with Vader at Canadian Stampede was really good. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the the Ground Zero match with Sean, the uh, One Night Only match with Brett, he had a ton of great matches in 97. (sighs) Yeah. But we this had to make what... it for two Kane matches, guys. So you know, whatever. <laughs> That's Mayor Kane to you, James. <laughs> My gosh, Jesus, political influence <laughs> to get on the list twice. <laughs> All right, so it's Brett versus Sean in the finals, huh? Yep, Brett screwed Brett. <laughs> I, what you, I, what you got James, dude. I love Helen Cell. It's near perfect. But the truth is, which match I watch more, historically, I've watched that Brett match more because I just love the, um, like, I was going to say I love the theatrics, but I love the theatrics of Hell in a Cell, too. 
I think it's the ending. My all-time favorite ending is the close to that Brett Taker match. So I'm going with Brett versus Taker. Nice, Josh. What about you? Yeah. So I, 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 I know it's Sean and it's Brett. Um, but I, I did have Brett winning. Because, Whoa! Really? Yeah. So that I think that ending, that both endings, is kind of indicative of just what you know, which one should win because both matches are incredible. Um, but in my opinion, the bad blood, you know, slowly building to a five-star match freaking drops the ball with the ending. And then the Brett one slowly building to a five-star match, like knocks it out of the park with the ending. Um, so I, I got to go Brett. Sean, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I love you. But I gotta give you sweet chin music, Ric Flair style, and knock you out. <laughs> Tommy, which one would you have voted for from those two? Um, again, I mean, when it comes to one of my favorite all-time rivalries, I mean, it's Taker and HBK. Um, but for all the reasons you, I mean, pointed out, I mean, the match was gold and the ending was platinum, so. Nice. I want to go with, with, with Brett. Man, I am shocked that we uh, had a Brett Taker show. And again, I get it. We all love that match. But I'm kind of shocked that there wasn't even one vote for the Hell in a Cell with Sean. Yeah. Well, it, uh, I mean, th- this is when it starts to get, you know, tough. But it's like, but the, I mean, but, you know, the, you're, you're, you're going to pick those those shiny moments, you know? I mean, and. That that's one of them. I mean, you think that's tough. Wait till we get to the wild card, where it's Taker versus Taker up against Undertaker <laughs> and a guy who's not even supposed to be there. So uh, I knew you'd like that one, James. <laughs> yeah, of course we all so, do. I've got not to brag, but I have the entire 1990s bracket correct. Really? Did you really? I mean, it's not that hard because there's only three of us. It's not like, uh, you know, <laughs> March Madness where there's a million. But, yep. So we'll Death see. Valley I, Madness, I don't think, man. I don't think that'll last, but we'll see. So round two, do you want to go across or down? Yeah, let's go sequential. You want to do that 2000s? Sure. I think so. Yeah, let's do okay. it. All right, so we have um, this guy named Shawn Michaels. Um, oh, I've heard of him. From WrestleMania 25 um, versus Brock Lesnar, WWE No Mercy 2002. Now, that No yeah. Mercy 2002, that is the Hell in a Cell match. I am kind of shocked that's an eight seed here because to me, those are both five star matches. Yeah, I, I was surprised at the eight seed as well. I don't know if I'd go five stars but it was definitely not an eight seed um especially when you got randy Orton matches in this bracket but <laughs> <laughs> you mean the sure. legend killer <laughs> uh i i'm going with sean on this one all right tommy what about you man uh hbk from now until judgment day <laughs> oh wow i mean all right yeah, I mean, yeah, it's when it is as, as far as professional wrestling being an art, 
the the two back-to-back matches with him and HBK, I mean, you just can't. And for it to last, you know, like if if you're going to start like the the whole build and everything lasting over two years, and you just eat up every moment of it, and you want to rewatch it again and again and again, yeah, HBK. Isn't the real art of the Taker HBK series though the uh, build up to WrestleMania 25? Where Shawn Michaels does that ceremony, <laughs> dressed all in white, that Josh loves so much. It's the best. <laughs> hey, I know. I honestly, I I love that. <laughs> I did too. I just remember, like, my Facebook post was like, "Listen to Josh crap all over the bill to the greatest match <laughs> in WrestleMania history." <laughs> With my friggin' favorite wrestler in it too, but yeah, yes. Uh. I love that Brock match. Like, Taker bleeds a bucket. Brock bleeds a bucket. Uh, Heyman bleeds a bucket. Um, I'm, but I'm going with Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I will say, if you have the network and you've forgotten about this, go back to that No Mercy 2002 show and just watch the cold open, which takes, like, 20 seconds. But it's one of the best, like, just quick gags they've ever done in any of their shows. <laughs> trying to remember i can't remember it but uh so what it was it was like the bill to that taker brock match was like really intense where like um brock jumped taker and he broke his hand and the undertaker's wife was pregnant at the time and she was there and they had this thing where brock like cornered her like he beat up the undertaker in a room they were both in and then he like kind of backed her into a corner and then he put his hand on her pregnant belly and he said like oh yeah bitch and then did that shoulder <laughs> thing like he's gonna jump her and he just kind of laughed and then taker tried to get revenge and then i think that's when brock broke his hand it didn't quite work simultaneously this is where the infamous kane katie vick angle is going on <laughs> on monday night raw the other show <laughs> and so like you know uh-huh. the whole the casket blah 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 so the ink like the opening is that they just start the pay-per-view and all these shows like the undertaker sitting on a bench um kind of like staring at the ground he's got his like broken hand taped up and he's like punching his broken hand into his other hand to try to like numb it up so he can kind of right this wrong and he's like got this look on his face like there's nothing more important in the world than the fact that i make this right tonight and then kane walks in with his duffel bag and he just kind of tosses it on the ground. And he looks at the Undertaker, and Kane goes, uh, "So how's your week been?" <laughs> and the Undertaker just like looks over at him with like this look of like half "Are you serious?" and half like pity. And that's it. And then they just fade out and start the rest of the show. But it's that, one of the <sighs> that that Go moment ahead, right there is better than most of his matches on this list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Taker Sean sweeps. Mm-hmm. All right, match two so that, from two thousands. Yeah, Randy Orton WrestleMania twenty one versus Kurt Angle No Way Out two thousand six. I I rewatched uh, Taker Angle today, and man, I remembered it being great. I'd read like, oh yeah, this is a great match, one of Taker's best. I want to fully endorse the opinion that this is one of The Undertaker's best matches. Five stars. I loved it. I'm voting for Taker versus Kurt Angle here big time. Yeah, I 
feel the exact same way. I rewatched it today and was blown away. Um, great stuff. Gets my vote. That ending too. I, oh, I still don't understand how he like how that's humanly possible with the body that Flip Angle did in a roll up out of the Hell's Gate. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's it's, it's another sweep. And again, Kurt Angle, he's like there's. I don't. I don't even think there's like you couldn't even do like on one hand the people that you could talk in the same way you would Bret Hart on at in any um in any time period. Uh, but Kurt Angle's one of those people, and yeah, he. I mean, he delivered in that match. So Kurt Angle and not. I mean, and we can't even try to compare Randy Orton to no. To, yeah. So I'm not I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Tommy, where does Kurt Angle fall on your favorites of all time list? Oh God! I mean, <clears throat> when it comes to in ring ability, I mean he's right up there. He's right up there at the top with Bret Hart, and even with uh, Shawn Michaels, I, I think they had a different type of delivery and different type of 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 execution. Um. But God, I mean, Kurt, Kurt Angle, he is probably on my Mount Rushmore. If, you know, if I can only pick four guys, I mean, just so your four favorites, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mount Rushmore. I do think he's underrated for sure. I think like over time, he'll become one of those wrestlers that's like, you know, goes higher and higher in the rankings. But like even this match, like the build up to it, I was like, man, he's he's just been so good for so long. Like, you know, this is when he was relatively older. I mean, not old, old, but, you know, he had already won the belt at least once or twice. Yeah, Um, been around five or six years at that point. Yeah, it's just crazy. But all right. Um, Next up, the... Mm -hmm. The Josh Heiser special yeah, here. Yeah, uh, the Priapism special. Um, <laughs> Edge from WrestleMania 24 versus Edge versus, sorry, Edge from SummerSlam 2008. All right, this is the match I'm most excited to hear Josh's take on, because I know you rewatched <laughs> SummerSlam today, right? I rewatched, yeah, I rewatched both of these. Um, wow. Okay, dude. I, I I'm had, load, man. I had a, you know, relatively busy day at work, but I basically just had the TV pointed to me the whole time and just um, had, I think I, I think I've watched like maybe 10 or 11 of these today. Um, mostly ones that, you know, I hadn't seen from like the Taker Sean feud or other stuff recently, although I did watch that bro one again because you got it. But anyway, um yeah, so I watched Mania 24, and I was like, God, that match was incredible. I love the ending. And I was like, well, that's... <coughs> excuse me, that's probably going to win. And then I watched uh, SummerSlam 2008, and I'm like, this might be, like, in my, nine, you know, in my top five of all time matches. I was just, like, in love with that match. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I hate that... Like you mentioned before, you know, two five-star matches in the first round, both Edge 
and you know other sillinesses all all over this tournament. But um, if you gotta pick one, I'm going with SummerSlam 2008. Dude, all right, wow, SummerSlam with the big win. And how big was that feud? Like the two biggest shows of the year, arguably. Maybe in SummerSlam, Taker yeah. Edge main evented both of them that year. And what I love is just like I love any time this happens where like Edge loses both, right? I'm not like deliriously tired and remembering that wrong. He yeah, loses, yeah, right. both. but it he doesn't matter. <laughs> like it, <laughs> right. it doesn't matter. Like that's when I I think wrestling is at its best when it doesn't really. I mean, it matters obviously, but you know what I'm saying like n- nobody's like look come out looking worse or anything because of it so exactly yeah all right tommy what about you um yeah just like leaning on all the truth that josh just said right there but i'm going to have to go with the wrestlemania match only because that is the one of these two matches that sticks in my head the most I, I I can't deny the awesomeness of the SummerSlam match, but if, you know, just on any given day, if I'm going to remember a Taker-Edge match, it's going to be the one from WrestleMania uh, 24. So I'm going, going, going Mania. Nice. All right, I got, I got the split here. I do want to mention that the uh, Edge match from SummerSlam is a Hell in a Cell, which makes it the fourth Hell in a Cell Undertaker match on the list so far. Uh, he is quite good at those. I man, I love that WrestleMania match. I think it's probably easily one of the one of the top five or ten main events at a WrestleMania of all time. But to Josh's point, the way they work and finish that SummerSlam match is such a good conclusion to what had been about a year and a half long feud at that point. And as hokey as the stuff we all always kind of bust on The Undertaker for, I thought when he kind of put Edge under the ring and then brought the fire up, it was yeah. sort of like, that's a good, very symbolic thing. Like, this is the end. That's it. That's the finish. Um, so, yeah, I am, and Josh, you said two five-star matches. I am close. If I don't agree with that completely, it'd be really close. I think I might agree with that, though. Um, but yeah, Taker Edge SummerSlam gets my vote by by a hair, mm, a, nice. a perfectly long curly Canadian hair. <laughs> so <laughs> SummerSlam ekes out WrestleMania. I, that was this like really random thing that I loved from Mania that I wanted to mention was that you know they do this spot all the time where like you do um, a something illegal or a finisher or something when a ref isn't looking and then you try to like wake him up to come to you and they do that in this one and edge like reaches out to get him but like grabs his arm and the way he does it he like accidentally pushes him out of the ring and i just thought that was like incredibly done like it looked (laughs) it looks so realistic like usually all of those ref things are like you know you're expecting a ref to act essentially and right. you just kind of get what you pay for kind of thing. But I, was, I just thought that was really well done and I'm just going to chalk it up to edge. Cause you know, why not? But, um, and I loved the ending with it. I forgot to say this, but the triangle, like um, just the fact that it 
got used and actually like finished the match because a lot of times they do uh, like they bring over MMA moves like that and they look really cool and everybody's all like oh are they gonna tap and they never tap so that mm-hmm. one I was pretty excited that it actually finished the match for like a belt and everything so that was cool that was uh, one of the only Undertaker matches at Wrestlemania that didn't end with a tombstone by the way so that was cool yeah all right, final match of the 2000s. Sorry, I I am making a note. Hold on. Okay. That's interesting. Um, do you guys care if I go grab a water real fast? No, I totally. Mean, I assume you don't, but it'll be two seconds. All right, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, ho- hopefully our conversation right there is like part of like the the DVD extras or something. When this all got recorded, where we did the uh, Undertaker theme song acapella. Yeah. I thought we were ta- I thought we were talking about the you done it now. <laughs> big mistake. I can't allow. <laughs> Maybe we do a whole episode. Just walk away. Josh, what if we do an episode Rady the Undertaker theme songs one to fifteen? <laughs> and, uh, and Josh, if if you don't agree, you're gonna pay. You're gonna pay. <laughs> I mean, I think that's number one for sure. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> With a so you're gonna pay, guy, the same guy that sings the Eric Bischoff "I'm Back" song. And maybe the same guy that sings the Big Show song. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Coco be wary, right? <laughs> All, All right. right. Final match of the 2000s bracket. Yeah. So we have two Mania matches. I heard uh, Undertaker was good at those. That's um, <laughs> the rumor. Undertaker versus Batista. From WrestleMania 23 versus the Triple H. Uh, I cannot bring myself to say that. WrestleMania 17. Oh, <laughs> You're not going to call it X7. <laughs> oh, man. I I didn't have much of a memory of the Batista one, I'll be honest. And I didn't fit it in today. So I did go with the Triple H match. I remember liking that. And it's, you know, an all-time mania. So... I went with that one. All right. So I'll vote next because I'll have a split. Um, I, By the way, I was at both these WrestleManias. So, humble brag. Right, hum- I don't know if I'd call it humble, but it's definitely a brag. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved being at them, loved both the Manias. I just, they're both really good matches in different ways, but this is going to be kind of a little thing. The entrances are what put it over the top for me. And even though 17 had the Triple H being played in by Motorhead, which was awesome, and then Taker kind of doing the motorcycle about 70 miles down the ramp to the ring, that was awesome. Mm, yeah. One of, when I think of The Undertaker, one of the images <laughs> I get in my mind is of the WrestleMania 23 entrance where he kind of steps through that little whatever half oval that they have. 
and there's just like that super bright light covering the entire entrance beaming out behind him and then his completely black silhouette standing in front of it is like a perfect outline of his character and then batista's got that huge entrance just because it's in an eighty thousand seat stadium i i love them both i love both the manias but i would vote for taker batista i think it's a better match um and that's just me personally, but I really love that Taker-Batista match. And that's the match where kind of famously Batista was pissed off that they didn't get the final match of the night slot. And so when he came through the curtain, apparently he yelled, follow that to the entire locker room. <laughs> <laughs> so Tommy, you got the split vote here, man. What about you? Well, Unfortunately, if there was one match that he couldn't follow, it would be the one with Triple H and Undertaker. I'm going to go with Triple H Undertaker on on this one. Nice. Um, okay. Uh, and and also correct me if I'm wrong. This is, you know, the one thing with Triple H and the sledgehammer. They always use a real sledgehammer because they're always afraid someone's going to get hurt. But this, they, they used a fake sledgehammer in this match, and this is where Undertaker actually gets hurt with the fake one. Yeah, they used the fake one to be safe because the spot was that uh, Taker would lift Triple H up for the last ride. And when Triple H was fully extended into the air, he'd swing the sledgehammer. And every time they've used a real one, nobody ever got hurt. And this one time they used a fake one, somebody got hurt. <laughs> How did he get hurt? <laughs> Like I, I don't like even a, understand because like um, the hammer doesn't even look like it hits him. It looks like a pretty safe swing, you know. Well, I, I I believe it was the actual wooden handle goes through the fake part of the of the head of the hammer, and that's what actually caused the injury to Undertaker, if I'm not mistaken. Did it like get him in his 33 pound head? Yeah. Luckily, it was 33. If it was anything less than 30, it would have been a much uh, worse uh, situation. Dude, there you go. (laughs) All right, so Taker Triple H advances, and I guess we're ready for the second round of the 2000s. So first up, we have Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25 versus Kurt Angle from No Way Out. 2006. That's right, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right. Sorry. All right, Josh, you want to go first here? Yeah, I I actually had a really hard time with this. I scratched out my answer like three times today. <laughs> I um, would have done the same thing. <laughs> but I, in the end, I I went with Sean. So, um, you know, it's kind of recency bias was making me think that the angle one might be better, but if you you know, step back and think about it. I I had to go with Sean on this one. All right, Tommy, what about you? <clears throat> yeah, totally with HBK. It's kind of like on the flip side uh, of, of the last uh, bracket when we were with uh, Brett and uh, HBK. Um, the only difference being that this is when HBK and Undertaker are at their peak. So, I mean, just as far as, yeah, uh, it, it, it Especially in this bracket, it, in my opinion, it can't be touched. So, yeah, I went with lo- love angle, you know, again, on, on that uh, Mount Rushmore. But, uh, yeah, HBK Undertaker. 
Josh, I love that you said that uh, you flipped three times on this because looking at this bracket, I was like, man, if assuming Angle and Sean both make it through, I, I can't decide. And even when we got up to it right now, I was like, uh, I was actually, I was thinking recency bias was the exact same criticism I was putting myself under. So I'm going with the Shawn Michaels Kurt match. Ang- Kurt Angle's the best wrestler of all time. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't watched that Angle match since 2006 when it aired. And watching it again today is like, oh my gosh, that's an amazing match. But mm, yeah. That it might be the WrestleMania atmosphere, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll vote for Taker Sean also. So and, that's and I know, I know, like I, Tommy, you just mentioned like Sean and him being um, in their prime. I know a lot of people like love like Taker from that those two back to back Sean matches, and, and I like them a lot. But um, I kind of felt like this angle match was his prime. I was like. Man, this is like he's old, like older, you know, but not like old, old where you're like, oh, like hard to watch because he's going to like hurt himself. Um, I felt like it was right in that sweet spot with uh, the angle match. But anyway, yeah, I, I, yeah, that... yeah I, I, I can't I can't argue that point. It's just I don't know. I guess not just phys- I mean, you're totally right. I think physically with Taker. But I feel, but, but when you, but the gimmick of Undertaker is so important also. And I think it just, it was at the pinnacle of the gimmick also, I guess what yeah. I'm coming with. That makes sense. This. So funny thing about that angle match too, that was uh 2006 WrestleMania 22 would have been the mania. Taker was trying to get that match Taker versus angle to be the WrestleMania match. And he was willing to lose that match just so he could get oh, nice. what he hoped would be a five-star match on his WrestleMania resume. Because he hadn't had the Shawn matches yet. The, like the yeah. kind of late career like miracle run from like Batista up through CM Punk where it's like every match is just this amazing match. None of those had happened yet. And yeah. he wanted that like kind of great all-time match and he thought Angle would be the guy to do it with. He's not wrong. Right. He's not wrong. (laughs) They just had other plans, so. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, Edge, SummerSlam 2008 versus Triple H from WrestleMania 17. I went with Edge. Yeah, I'm going with Edge. (laughs) Tommy, what about you? Your Triple H loving heart. (laughs) I'm I'm going to go. I love the match. Uh, with with Triple H, I, so yeah, it's probably a bit of a sentimental pick, but yeah, I'm going to go Triple H. I will. Say, I love the finish, and it had been done like this was the first time they did that finish, I believe. They did it a thousand other times in a spot after this, but <laughs> the spot where it's like the bad guys kind of up on the second rope, just throwing fist at the good guy at, or at the Undertaker, and then the Undertaker grabs him, grabs him around the waist, steps out. And does the last ride to him. That I don't believe had ever been done before. To the point where when I was watching it live there. Like the Undertaker's hands are like down between Triple H's legs. I had never seen that before. When a guy's getting punched out in the corner. <clears throat> and so even that before it happened. I remember thinking like 
oh, that's really cool. He looks like really helpless like that. I've never seen a guy like, like that before. And then they did the spot and it made total sense. But because it had never happened before, it didn't even cross my mind. So, yeah, I get it, Tommy. It, it's a great match. Great finish, too. All right, that gives us um, Edge from SummerSlam 2008 versus Sean from WrestleMania 25. Now, Tommy, you already said, uh, Sean, that WrestleMania match, to you, nothing in this bracket can touch it, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I might have showed my hand there, (laughs) but yeah, it's uh, HBK edges out Edge. Nice. <laughs> All right, Josh, the edgehead, biggest edgehead in the group. What about you? So I, I think I may have shown my hand earlier saying that this edge match pushed its way into my top five. I I went with edge on this one. Um, love Sean forever, but I really love this match. And it might be recency bias, but who cares? <laughs> 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 All right. Um, gosh, this bracket, the two thousands. This is probably the best bracket of the bunch, right? The uh, Edge matches, the Triple H, the Angle, the Sean. I'll so, go with the. Sh- oh, <laughs> from the nineties. <90s. laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stick with my two thousands vote. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll go with the Sean match from WrestleMania ever so slightly. I just I guess just because it's more iconic in the uh the pantheon of WWE matches, um in a lot of circles it's called the best WrestleMania match ever. I so yeah, but man Josh, I hate not sending that Taker Edge match on. It's as good uh, as you said it yeah. is. <clears throat> it's alright. Um yeah, so I, I did have it winning the whole thing, so for what it's worth, but um, can't go wrong with Sean. So, all right, we'll move on to the 2010s. Um, hey, look, we have uh, Shawn Michaels here from <laughs> WrestleMania 26, the rematch, uh, versus fucking Bray Wyatt um, from. WrestleMania 31. Uh, One Sean. Of these matches is not like <laughs> the others. Yeah, definitely Sean, Tommy. Uh, uh, I'm yeah, Sean. <laughs> there's, there's no discussion. Ne- here. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brock from SummerSlam 2015 versus the. Four four way fatal four way is it fatal James? I'm assuming um, it was. It it is it's a tag team match. Oh, I'm an idiot. That's right. Um, Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon from Extreme Rules 2019. Um, uh, uh, I really love that Taker Brock match. I'm surprised they didn't put the Hell in a Cell with Brock, uh, the Hell in a Cell rematch that happened like two yeah. months after this on the list, too. That's what I was thinking. Um, I, I had to check to make sure that wasn't it, because that match was awesome. Yeah. 
But uh, this is where Taker uses the low blow to beat Brock. And then in the cell, Brock uses it to beat Taker. So it's a really good story that they tell there. Um, I'm going Taker Brock. But the tag match is really good. Tommy, what you got? Um, uh, yeah, um, the well, first of all, the the tag match. Just just so you know, Josh, anytime Taker's in a match, it's always fatal. You know, there's a potential uh, that's, for that's fatal, true. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, again, um, yeah, I'm uh, I I like uh, this. Uh, I always enjoyed watching Brock and Taker against one another. Because I always feel like that that you know, like Brock Lesnar is what Taker always really wanted to be. Like I got you know, like with his American badass uh, gimmick, like you know, he's great at being the dead man, but he always wanted to be seen as like the guy who could re- the literally the guy who could just walk in and beat everyone up. Um, it's just a shame they never got to have that UFC match because Kane Velasquez beat Brock, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, and I think that's also one of the reasons why I think Brock, uh, that Undertaker felt comfortable losing to Brock with the streak, which I still don't agree with personally, but I can understand his thinking there. Um, but also, uh, with what I said earlier with... Um, how important the match is to the Undertaker itself. Like the tag match is great, but again, since it's a tag match, I think Undertaker's place in it is kind of watered down only because there's other stories and other pe- so you know more uh, moving parts to the match. So just on that uh, kind of logic, I would I'm going to pick Undertaker Brock because it's more focal to Undertaker versus the tag match. Nice. I I also had that um, match. I, I honestly didn't remember much of the Extreme Rules match, so I, I think I watched a clip of it, but um, wasn't enough to push it over, so I went with Lesnar. I do wish it was the other one, but still, it's a sacrificial right. lamb up against uh, the <laughs> second round matchup. But next up, um, another Triple H match from WrestleMania 20. I always have to do the math. Uh, WrestleMania 28 versus Rey Mysterio, Royal Rumble 2010. All right, Josh, why don't you go first on this one? Yeah, so I actually thought this was difficult. Um, I like both of these matches. Excuse me, and um, I I I don't know. I rewatched the Ray one today, and I really like the finish, um, which I never thought I would say with a Ray Mysterio match. <laughs> um, really, I just Ooh, yeah. you don't like. I don't like the six one nine at all, and uh, you know, it's just I, I just think it's it's just I, I'm just not a fan, but. And, like, him versus taller opponents, especially, I usually am not a fan of, but this one just worked. Um, and, and I like that Triple H match. Uh, I, I am, you yeah, know. I thought you hated that Triple H match. Am I remembering it wrong? I didn't rewatch it today. Which one oh, is? Okay. It's the end of an era, Hell in a Cell, with Shawn Michaels as the referee. 
oh, with all Sean's when... acting theatrics. Yeah, that's when they're old AF, right? Not AF, but I mean, <laughs> 2010s. Yeah, yeah oh, you're right. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Um, what am I thinking? Maybe I was getting mixed up with the 17 one. I don't know. But um, regardless, I went with Ray either way. So yeah, That Ray match is great. I mean, I, I kind of hate this matchup because I really do love that Ray match. I think it's kind of underappreciated. Um, it doesn't get the attention it, de- it deserves. And I think it's a great match on the Taker resume because he doesn't have a lot of, you know, matches with anybody that small that are this competitive. And yeah. the fact that he can make Ray look this good and make Ray look like he's like a hair away from beating The Undertaker on so many occasions is a very talented thing to pull off since he's so much bigger um, in every way. So I love the rematch. Um, that whole tape review, Royal Rumble 2010, is actually really great. But I, I was at this WrestleMania with Tommy. Um, I love it of an era. It has my favorite false finish of any match on the streak, where they do the DX super kick into the pedigree, and then Sean goes to count to three, and the Taker kicks out. I remember being like breathless in the arena when that happened. Like. <gasps> And, and then he kicks out. Um, but yeah, I I love Hell in a Cell. I have a t-shirt of the end of an era for that match. I thought it would be great, and it delivered for me. I know it's kind of a polarizing match, love it or hate it, but I love it. So I'm voting for uh, Taker Triple H, Hell in a Cell. All right, Tommy, you're the split. Well, um, yeah, uh, I mean, being able to watch this match uh, live was... Um, amazing. I'm I'm just glad that I was able to be at a WrestleMania while and see the Undertaker come in while the streak was still alive. Not to knock his his appearances afterwards, but there's just it, you know it just it does it it did something to the atmosphere. So um, and yeah, and the match itself, I love it. Yeah, uh, Rey Mysterio, amazing. And Taker did a good job with him in that match. But yeah, uh, Taker Triple H uh, from 28 uh, gets my vote. Awesome. So that moves on to the next one. It's The Undertaker versus Triple H from WrestleMania 27, the year before, end of an era, versus Undertaker and Shane McMahon from WrestleMania 32. Each of these matches are kind of famous for one really key spot, which makes it an interesting matchup. Uh, the Shane match is the like 20-foot fall off the top of the now taller Hell in a Cell than when Mankind fell, like flew off of it. Shane drops an elbow, and it's insane looking. And then the Taker-Triple H match, uh, Taker kind of dominated the match. And the famous spot is he gets The Undertaker up for a tombstone that's, like, perfectly... In the replay, you know, they have this camera angle where, like, he's facing the camera right on, and he just screams, it's over, and then drops The Undertaker with a tombstone and crosses his arms, and that's my second favorite (laughs) um, tease to ending the streak that they ever did. Mm. So both those spots are great. Um, 
I, I'm not the biggest fan of the Shane match, though, and I really like that Mania 27 match. So that's where, by the way, Triple H had uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica playing mm. before his entrance music played. A lot of really cool stuff there. I think Taker came out to Ain't No Grave by Johnny Cash for that match. So it's good stuff, but I'll vote for Taker Triple H to win that one. Tommy, that was just for you. I know you love Triple H. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't say that Triple H, especially in this era, like I, ha- I lean heavily towards. Um, I love Shane, especially during his Shane O'Mac days. I was really happy to see him come back. Um, but I can, yeah, but I remember enjoying the Shane McMahon Undertaker match, but it, it didn't blow me away like I thought it was going to. Um, and, yeah, I, I love the Triple H-Taker match. Um, so I'm going to go Triple H-Taker. Uh, I am also going with that one as well. Uh, <clears throat> Shane's crazy, and that spot is crazy, but overall I felt like the Triple H match was just better. I, I think this is the one that I was thinking of, James, because it I remember okay. when you said that that spot. I love that spot, and just you know, knowing that Triple H has so much <laughs> pull there. I mean, you really thought like this mother effer is gonna end the streak, and it's just gonna be like <laughs> right, yeah. the greatest, greatest like heel thing. And uh, who else? Could so they they the used game? that <laughs> knowledge really well. So yep, Triple H. So we got a fun. Second round matchup there, but um, 27 advances. So that means in the second round, we have Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 26 versus the Brock Lesnar match from SummerSlam 2015. I will go with Shawn. Hard not to with this match. I did like the Lesnar one, but going with Shawn. Ditto. (laughs) Everything you just said, ditto. (laughs) Let's make pottery. Tommy, what about you? Uh, Double ditto. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, and now it's the game versus the game. (laughs) Back-to-back years. (laughs) Yep, Mania 27 versus Mania 28. The no-holds-barred versus Hell in a Cell. Trying to be Sean, you know, back-to-back classics from Mania, you know. That might be our finals. You never but, know. So, with these two, I would go 27. Oh, gosh. I I rate these two very similarly. Um, love them both. Tommy, I think being there live might put 28 over the edge for me. Just, again, <clears throat> sentimental. had a great time. Um, yeah, just... I've worn fuzzies every time I watch WrestleMania 28. Just like Tommy and me, that was our first time. So far only, but we'll have more. And just like Josh, you and me, and Tommy, hopefully all of us will One be there day. together. Yeah, we'll get one to day. a WrestleMania. But yeah, so I'm going to go with the uh, end of an era for that one. And yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 28. Um, again, and what I loved about the the end of this match i really i had i had a 
uh, you know, of a, uh, uh, well, it might have been a hope that like this would have been Taker's just straight last match. The 20, you know, and the hug at the end of the ramp. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, and they're really selling it like the end of an era. Like, I mean, there have been no better way to end that entire era than ending the streak undefeated. I mean, it would have been beautiful. It didn't quite work out that way, but still, but the ending, the ending in the match still is, it was great. So I'm going to go, you know, 28. Who, who did he hug at the end of the, was it like Billy Gunn or who was it? <laughs> was Billy Gunn the road dog X-Pac and the Undertaker <laughs> and, and Val Venus? And like, oh yeah, those are the Attitude Era guys. And, and then the Godfather came out with the hose and, and then they all hugged. And then Goldust came out and, and that was the end of the Attitude Era. And once and for all. <laughs> Great send off. <laughs> um, you, right. you forgot Funaki. Just, just so you know. <laughs> oh yeah, Kai and Tai, and they did their little bit like uh, the uh, Godzilla movies converted to English with the well, microphone. I, I think to do. I think Undertaker said, "Well, this is the end of an era," and then Funaki was like, "Indeed," and then and and then Valdez was like. Hello, ladies. And the Godfather was like, ride the whole train. <laughs> and Beaver Cleavage was like, why did I ever have this gimmick? <laughs> Who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> and then Dealer Brown was like, you better recognize. <laughs> and, and then <laughs> Ahmed Johnson came out and gave them all a Pearl River plunge. <laughs> all right, next up. We next have... Up. Triple Triple H versus his old buddy Sean. Uh, WrestleMania 28 versus WrestleMania 26. I mean, I gotta go with Sean on this one. Of course. Uh, Tommy, what about you, man? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, well, I, I don't know if Josh knows. I know James knows how much I, I love Triple H. But, unfortunately, especially when it comes to not only these matches, but the trilogies that the both had with uh, Taker. Basically, like Triple H's matches with Taker would still be carrying uh, the the gym bag of HBKs uh, if they were wrestlers in the yeah. locker room. Um, oh, that's so, yeah. harsh. Well, I'm I'm sorry, but and again, I love Triple H, but man, HBK Taker, sorry, can't can't touch it. Yeah, go on, go on, uh, go on HBK. All right, well, I, I mean, I was a vet for Hell in a Cell. I like Taker Sean from 26, but it's easily my least favorite of their four big matches. Um, and I really love End of an Era, but respect. Taker Sean Michaels takes the 2010s. So we had um, Brett as the wrestler of the 90s, Sean as the wrestler <laughs> of the 2000s and the 2010s. <laughs> yep. And that's what this was trying to decide, right? This yeah, Sean Michaels retired podcast. like April of second, two thousand ten, and he's still the wrestler of the decade because <laughs> he's that good. <laughs> uh, James, I think you're forgetting about a another match, but oh, that's uh, right, your favorite events, the ones in Saudi Arabia. I, I was I was gonna save that as my uh, favorite match, not listed on this tournament, but you know, cats out of the bag. 
Should we just make like an Undertaker, like Saudi Arabia <laughs> bracket, like Taker versus Goldberg, Taker versus <laughs> Taker and Kane versus Dia? Like watch the year, the fingers of your hand tournament there. Like just well, terrified that he's gonna kill himself. I do want to say, Josh, if you're watching through the fingers of your hand, you might miss some of the footage of the beautiful progressive city of Jeddah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's what I where I because <laughs> they didn't that, hammer that home enough that first show. Unfortunately, James, that's the only place where your Undertaker uh, bracket will also happen. So, <sighs> all right, so okay. so bracket. Yeah, now we got the wild card, the um, the goofy bracket. Uh, we have <laughs> Hall of Famer Jeff Hardy. Um, from a Monday Night Raw, that's always fun, um, yeah. in a tournament, uh, July 1st, 2002, where were you guys? I had just graduated high school, anyway, Undertaker versus Undertaker, SummerSlam 94. Alright, so, the Hardy match is the famous one, where it's like a ladder match on Raw, and Taker gives Jeff the endorsement after the match. Jim Ross is like peak Jim Ross in this match. I definitely, and The Undertaker versus Undertaker is one of the five worst matches I've ever oh. seen in my life. Um, there was apparently an entire Undertaker versus Undertaker house show tour planned for after this match that got scrapped because this match was so terrible. They're like, this isn't even good enough for house shows. Right, right. Um, yet they put it on their greatest match tournament. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> is Wildcard like, let's throw one total crap match on this list, guys? That'll be a good time. <laughs> Who knows? So, James, am I hearing that you're voting for Jeff Hardy? I Yeah, Jeff's not. I don't hate Jeff Hardy. He's not one of my favorites. He's, I'm not a Jeff guy, but. I like this match a lot. I think it's a really cool story of just Jeff being totally outsized, outmatched, um, complete underdog, but comes really close just because all these crazy risks that he takes keep paying off. And um, then the post-match where Taker beats him up, Jeff calls him back to the ring, Taker beats him up again, Jeff calls him back, and then Taker comes back and is like, what the hell is wrong with you? And then he raises his hand like, okay, yeah, you're a crazy mofo. I can respect that. Huh. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of... Generally, that gets the credit for the night that Jeff Hardy kind of got elevated to the next level. So Taker could elevate guys. You know, he would do it a lot. He he was willing to lose usually. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> but um, I like the Jeff match quite a bit, so I'm picking it. Tommy, how about you, man? Yeah, I'm I'm going uh not a huge Jeff Hardy fan. Now personally, not because of his in-ring more uh he kind of loses me with his persona a lot. And uh also when he's uh talking with his brother about Amy Dumas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> um oh, no. About CM Punk. <laughs> Um, but all that aside, uh, yeah, the, uh, like 
I still remember watching this match on Raw as it was happening. Like, that memory's still in my head. And plus, it's like, again, uh, him raising his hand and some of the craziness from this match is definitely within that, mo- like, that Undertaker career montage video in my head. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, if you're not sure, Taker versus Taker, bad as it is, it does involve Leslie Nielsen. So well, there's that. Leslie Nielsen was the other Undertaker? <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> They look just alike, so. They need a professional actor to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, so I like Jeff Hardy a lot. Um, and... That under under other Undertaker match is just horrendous. So, uh, Hardy, <laughs> Hardy for me. Can we all agree yeah, that Taker versus Taker is easily the worst match of the thirty-two on this list? Uh, there's one still to come. That ooh, I'm just kidding. Being a hater, oh, no. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> um. <laughs> So yeah, next up we have Kurt Angle, Vengeance 2002. Okay, First. this this is wrong actually. <laughs> it's John uh-huh. it's Judgment Day. No, it's a triple mm. threat. Oh. It's, it's a with great triple off? threat. Well, yeah, with The Rock, yeah. And and this is why I was asking if The Rock doesn't exist right now. Oh, earlier. Well, I did not make it to this match, which is funny because. Uh, after that other angle match, I was like, shit, I gotta watch this one too. But, uh, didn't make it to it, so. But it's not. It's with Undertaker, Kurt Angle, and The Rock in a triple threat from Vengeance 2002. Versus Batista from Backlash 07. I'll say of the Vengeance match, the triple threat, um, that match gets a lot of credit, because up to that point, no one had really figured out how to do a triple threat match that was like really good and that was the first time where in my memory a triple threat match hit like four and a half stars essentially it's a really good story of like the rock and the undertaker just really wanting to rip into each other and kurt angle kind of be like wait a second guys i'm kurt angle i'm an olympic gold medalist you do not overlook me and they both just keep like knocking him out because of it super fun match and I even remember, like, the night after that show, The Rock came out on Raw, and he thanked Taker and Kurt Angle for, I think, what he called the best triple threat match I'd ever seen. And I agreed with that at the time. <laughs> I like the Batista backlash match, but I don't love it. It's it's really good, but I'm going to go with the triple threat. All right. Tommy? Uh, yeah, triple threat. <clears throat> Especially, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's Taker... Angle and The Rock, kind of like at kind of like at their their collective peaks, doing what they do best, and also I didn't really know I didn't know about the history of it, like kind of like being the first good triple threat match. But I, you know, it doesn't surprise me. So I'm I'm going with the triple threat. Um, I am marking that down to watch because it sounds awesome. But because I didn't remember it at all, and I remembered the Batista one and relatively liking it i voted for batista but it doesn't matter so it moves on so yeah so next we have 
Edge from One Night. Sorry, is it One Night yeah. Stand? One Night Only. One Night Stand. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Um, Which is a TLC match. Six pack Hell in a Cell match from Armageddon two thousand. So Hell in a Cell. I think that six pack match. It's good, but. The two things it's most famous for, number one is a bumper Kishi takes in the match where Taker throws him off the top of Hell in a Cell. But the second thing it's most famous for, back to Rock promos, is a promo that The Rock gave on Raw going into this match. Tommy, do you have any memory of this? Is this where he does all the impressions? Yeah, he does an impression of every opponent he has in the match. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Or maybe The Rock has got a beat. Stone Cold Steve Austin, which means I gotta get in my I gotta get in my pickup truck, drink some Steve Weisers, listen to some Backstreet Boys. And that's the bottom line, cause the great one said so. I like the Hell in a Cell match better. I don't think either one are all-time classics, but they're both fun. I'll just go Hell in a Cell. Hmm. Um I I voted for Edge, Shocker, Shocker, um, your man. But yeah, I, I was kind of like, eh, on both of them as well. So I, I don't want to say eh, but just you know, neither one of them are going to win the tournament. So, but I went with Edge. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with Edge also. Um, yeah, there's uh, some good, uh. Good memories, some kind of like you know it, to cherry pick the, uh, the 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 six pack hell in a cell, but um, again, it's like you got so much going on, it really kind of loses the the you know Taker being the like central figure, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of uh, again plays into it uh, for how I went with this tournament, but also I think. But honestly, I think the hell, I think the match with Edge was just a better match by itself. Thanks. All right. Final matchup. Um, we have AJ Styles from WrestleMania 36 uh, uh, versus the Royal Rumble match from 2007. So. Uh, AJ Styles match being a two seed, just high for this tournament. I feel like from what I've seen on social media and stuff, the WWE thinks of this match as like an instant classic. Would you guys agree? Yeah. I mean, as far as yeah, that they think of it like that. Yeah. Um, I disagree that it is uh, <laughs> not a fan at all I thought it was kind of crazy that it was up against this rumble match I if you remember James when we did that um, feud I was like this, this is the best <laughs> this is the best match that they had was the the last 10 minutes of this rumble I I love it so much I wanted to rewatch it today but I didn't get a chance but I I didn't think that I needed to rewatch it for this matchup because I just love it a thousand times more than that AJ Styles matchup. But I also knew that I'm assuming AJ will advance. So 
But the Rumble gets my vote, and I'm glad they put it on here. Okay, so when the three of us did that Mania podcast, we talked about this match a lot, right? Uh-huh. And at the time, I compared it to a... um, Excuse me. Sorry. I compared it to a Clint Eastwood movie. I think I called it... <coughs> Where it's like some old guy beating up these young kids who just can't keep up. They're not as good as we used to be. Stuff like that. But that was kind of like my night one reaction. Like, I'm fine with Taker Winnie, but come on. But then, like, what happened was... I generally, when there's a big show I'm interested in... I like kind of seeing other people's takes on it. And so... Scott Keith, one of the reviewers I go to, gave it like... But I think you said a million bazillion stars for it. Another reviewer, Thomas Hall, gave it, I think, an A. So, like, this was perfect in every way for what it was. Uh, Wrestle Talk, the channel on YouTube, they said, like, seven stars in the Tokyo Dome. This was incredible or something like that. And then Dave Meltzer, I think, loved it, too. And so when I watched that Undertaker... Um, six-part documentary on the network kind of going over the last several years of his career he talked about doing that match and then all the reviews coming in and him being really happy that everyone seemed to be so pleased with it and so that made me go back and rewatch it and i think i was a little not a little i think it was very harsh on it because in like on a second viewing it was a really good match it was really fun a lot of kind of cool random stuff in it. But dude, the rumble's the rumble. And like Josh said, that rumble finish still to this day, probably the best rumble ending of all time, even 13 years after the fact. So I'm with Josh. I'm voting rumble 97. Oh yeah. I mean, 2007. Sorry. Yeah. Undertaker won the Royal rumble 97 too, didn't he? Or no, uh, I'm an idiot. No. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I was thinking of Mania. Yep. Yeah, he did that, though. All right, Tommy, mm-hmm. how about you? Um, yeah, uh, as far as Royal Rumbles go, yeah, uh, 07's great. I'm not too much of a Royal Rumble guy. <laughs> and, gosh, I don't remember how harsh... If I was harsh on the Boneyard match. You actually but... said it was pretty good. Okay. You, like, you were kind of, I think, the level head. You said, like, you appreciate what they were going for, and it was good for what it was. Yeah, and and also, I mean, again, you're dealing with an older Undertaker, and, like, if that was his swan song, like, him riding off into the, you know, into the night on his motorcycle. And at least they did pay kind of homage to the different versions of Taker, the American badass versus the dead man. And I, I you know, I, I still don't, you know, you know, it's like, you know, they, he buried AJ Styles, but then AJ Styles was back, you know, on television. Uh, I don't know. That That's really the, roughest part for me but it's pro wrestling and i can forgive that you know considering like triple h is like no sell like being dropped in a car 
from a crane. <laughs> he misses um, one episode of TV. <laughs> um, but so, like, I'm well, like, I mean, to be fair to Triple H, though, Mickey James was one time shoved off a giant cliff into railroad tracks and only broke an arm. <laughs> but uh, with an oncoming train on the way. But Vince McMahon didn't do it, so it doesn't count. Fair um, enough. <laughs> it didn't happen. WWE doesn't own the rights to it, so. Not yet. They'll buy TNA one day. Just you oh, later. <laughs> but again, I'm I'm more of a, I'm, I'm the type of guy that's like, the fewer people in the match, the better. Um, I will, well, I'm not going to complain about the Rumble. I mean, it's the Rumble, and I enjoy watching it because that's the whole point of the pay-per-view. Um, but I'm, but I don't dig too much to rumble itself, except for to see what the outcome is going to be or how it shakes up individual, uh, storyline. So I'm going to go with the Boneyard match, even though it doesn't carry on, but I'm going to go Boneyard. Okay. Nice. All right. Next up, we have the Jeff Hardy Monday Night Raw match versus the triple threat with Angle and The Rock. All right, I'll go uh, triple threat here, but it's close. I'll go Hardy. And I'm going to go Hardy again because it's a bit more Ooh. the iconic of the two. Nice. I'll agree. Yeah, it is. It is. All right. Now we have the Edge um, TLC match versus the Royal Rumble 2007 match. And I'm hoping that you guys pick a winner so I don't have to. <laughs> well, Tommy, you're going to vote for Edge, right? I don't know. Uh, again, now I'm kind of leaning on, again, the iconic part. Um, as I said, you know, I'm not a Royal Rumble guy, but this is like one of the better, best finishes of a Royal Rumble. Um, so I'm going to go Royal Rumble. Dude, I'm going Royal Rumble too. There you go, Josh. All right, I'll vote for Edge just because, but I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Okay. That means Jeff Hardy winning at Raw versus Royal Rumble 07. And for this, I will definitely pick the Rumble. Tommy, what you got, man? Um, I'm fighting myself because no way would I ever consider Jeff Hardy in any Final Four. <laughs> well, he's not um, supposed to be there. <laughs> Amen, brother. But um, but I'm going. <laughs> but he is there. Uh, in in my eye, I'm going to go a Jeff Hardy because Tommy, I, I no, he's not huh? supposed to be there. <coughs> but, it's like, but I, I, Royal I, Rumble I, 2000 interview that Tommy and I keep referring to here <laughs> with the Hardy Boys. <laughs> But again, it's like, I remember this Monday Night Raw. And this isn't a pay-per-view. This is a, a Monday Night Raw in from my early 20s, which means I was watching every Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and, I, and I remember watching this moment, like, when he ra- raised his hand, especially like that, I was like, well, damn. You know, it's like, that. that's pretty awesome. So, yeah, I'm going to go to mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to the Rumble. But yeah, that it's hard because that Hardy moment is so memorable and the match is really good. But again, Final Four, it's yeah. one of the best rebels ever. So 
there you go. So, all right, our final four. Um, I just want to make sure I have this right. The Sean one on the 2010s, 26, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, duh. That, and then the one that's the only one. Thousands. Is yeah. 25. 25. And then, okay, so if we on the left side, 90s versus 2010s, we have Brett from, what was it? SummerSlam 97, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, versus Sean from WrestleMania 26. I like the Mania 26 match, but again, I think I said this, it's my least favorite of the four major Taker Sean matches. I guess mm-hmm. five now, since we got the Rumble in <laughs> the final four. What I mean, think about that. We've got three Taker Sean matches in the final four. <laughs> oh, so, awesome. Yeah, um, should be pretty clear on who his best opponent was. And if the Hell in a Cell Sean match would have beaten the Brett match, that would have been all four. Of them. That would have been crazy. So um, I, I like the Brett match better, um, just personally. So I'm voting for it. Tommy? <sighs> HBK. When, when it comes to especially the back-to-back, uh, I mean, to me it's like, there are very few moments that, that touch it as far as just being professional wrestling at its best. So I'm going to go HBK. Uh, um, I went with Brett. <laughs> um, Sean's my favorite, but I love this Brett match. I had it in the finals, so that's what I'm voting for. Dude. Yep. Did you have the Sean uh, Taker match winning the bottom bracket? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Next final four match. So yeah, this one um, is. Ed, sorry, I'm reading. I'm reading my own bracket. Um, Sean from WrestleMania 25 versus the Royal Rumble from 2007. Josh. So, uh, yeah, I will vote for the Royal Rumble. As uh, previously mentioned, I thought that that, I don't remember how long it was, but 10 minutes or so of those two was so much fun. And the crowd going crazy um, with like just the idea of them two together, um, I felt like was just the best. So I do love 25, and you can't go wrong. But I'm going to vote for the Rumble. All right. I'm going to vote for WrestleMania. Um, I, Rumble's great, but I really love that Mania match a lot. Um, so, yeah, I'll vote for it to go to the finals. Tommy, I think I know where you're going with this. I, I, I haven't been showing my hand on, on this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, again, I mean, yeah, especially for talking Undertaker's greatest matches. Um, I mean, this match, in my personal opinion, is probably the top. Um, but I also think that this match alone is in is among the top of all matches anytime ever. So, um, again, you know, a, a good it was a good rumble, but yeah, twenty uh, HBK Mania twenty five. All right, so we still have Brett versus Sean in the finals. Uh, 
It always Summer, comes down to peace. <laughs> SummerSlam 97 uh, versus Sean from uh, WrestleMania 25. Which kind of shows how crazy The Undertaker is having been there, you know, seven years or whatever at SummerSlam and then still being there for WrestleMania 25. is kind of crazy. But, um... Yeah, uh, between these two, I am going with Brett. Um, I had to think about it because I had a different finals. Um, and I, I know it doesn't sound like I like Sean, but all of my favorite Sean stuff was just kind of before before these two Mania matches. Yeah. Um, and this Brett Gosh. match Good. You're going on Vince Russo on us. It's like oh. Swerve City. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's more uh, like the eras that I like. Like 1997 is like my jam. So this Brett match with Taker is just so good. I love it. All right. So in your original bracket, what was in the finals with uh, Taker versus Edge? Hell in a cell. Uh, Brett. No. In my finals, I had Edge from yeah from SummerSlam, sorry, um, versus Brett, and I had Edge Edge winning the whole thing. Man, okay, cool. All right, Tommy, are you uh, Shawn Michaels WrestleMania on this one? Shawn Michaels WrestleMania twenty five, yeah. I mean, okay. just, yeah, it, it's 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 the center of the montage in my head. I mean, yeah, you can't beat it. In my opinion, it's 25. I, I mean, no criticisms. They're both great. <laughs> Tiebreaker comes down to a diehard Bret Hart fan. <laughs> right. It, <laughs> I, I might as well not tease it out. You know where this is going to fall. The In the Sean Taker match, they each worry me at different points of the, in their career. Just about when Taker dives straight on his head outside the uh. ring. Yeah, and then when uh, Sean like goes through the moonsault off the top rope, and I don't know if he slips or what, but he kind of goes about three quarters, and he completely misses and just like comes down with a giant thud on the mat. Yeah. Uh, not the mat in the ring, but the mat, the little two-inch mat, kind of blocking Matt the concrete. Hardy. Matt Hardy. <laughs> Matt Hardy. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, uh-huh. the the media match is great. It's classic. It's all the good. It's it's great. But the Brett match is again. It's one of my favorite matches, and the ending is my all time favorite ending. So, I I went to second. I think uh, Josh had Brett the ma- Josh had Brett in the finals, but losing. I'd probably have Brett in the finals and winning if I had filled out my own bracket. So. On a split, the Brett Taker match from SummerSlam is the Pull Apart Podcast official uh, winner uh, of the Undertaker tournament. But Edge jumps in the ring, cashes in his money in the bank, (laughs) (laughs) takes the W. We um, gotta end Tommy Edge's theme at this point. Not like this. Not like this. Son of a Brett worked for this. You screwed Brett. I will say that, like that, um, didn't hurt my 
like going into those edge matches is I freaking love his cash in on take um, oh, earlier gosh. that year. I love it so much. Oh, so good, man. Uh, Tommy, who did you have on on the left side in your own bracket? Was it the other um, HBK match? And it, the was finals? Literally, it was HBK, HBK, Mania uh, 26, Mania 25. Nice. And Tommy, like, we've been talking about kind of our soft spot things. Like me, and maybe even more so than me, you have a big soft spot for WrestleMania. I think yeah. we're very neck and neck. We're very similar with that. I mean, yeah, it, it's just so uh, it's so central to especially growing up. I mean, um, I mean, I, I jokingly always, you know, like how a lot of people want to say, like, uh, you know, WrestleMania is is the Super Bowl of wrestling. Well, I just well, but I will tell people that the Super Bowl is the WrestleMania of football. <laughs> it's amazing. I've used that line that you came up with on people. But, oh. <laughs> but like, yeah, for sure. If like if any year, if if I ever get the chance to go to WrestleMania, I'm I, I'm going to do it. It's like there's there's no there's no thought process not happening it's aside from real world. You cannot physically be in this space at this time. Right. All right. You guys want to do favorite matches that weren't mentioned? Yeah, and there um, were a lot of great matches that were left off this list. I yeah, know. we already mentioned that Crown Jewel match that was up there. <laughs> <laughs> up where? <laughs> oh man, um, no, the CM Punk one was my number one that wasn't listed. I kind of couldn't believe it until I realized it was you know the WWE that put this tournament out. So. Made sense. They're not playing nice with CM Punk right now. <laughs> yeah, that Josh, that one, that's my exact one. Um, I came up with eight. I texted you guys this weekend. Go over those mm-hmm. in a sec if you want to. Mm-hmm. But um, that Punk match from WrestleMania 29, it's maybe my favorite Undertaker match. It's for what was essentially a four to six week feud. It's one of my favorite Undertaker feuds. It it's so much fun. And the match just is in my head, if I think like what's a good face versus heel match, it's that. That's the that would maybe be number one because they both play their roles so perfectly yeah. in the match and in the feud going into it. So yeah, Tommy, what about you? Um wait, I, I mean, yeah, the the CM, CM Punk uh definitely uh should be on the list no matter how many times probably uh Stephanie McMahon took it off of the list, you know, in in, in <laughs> uh, reviewing this. Um one of the big matches I'm surprised didn't make this list was the SummerSlam 1998. The, with Austin and the whole highway to hell. Uh, yeah, that was a I mean, huge match. I mean, a huge match, and I mean, Kane was going, and then take you know Taker kind of waving him off. But Tommy, uh, so, it took place in the nineties. What do you want them to only have one Kane match on the list? 
Well, I mean, just the simple fact that they, you know, dished out the extra money so that they're able to use the, the highway to hell. Yeah. Uh, for, for the build. How I, many times did you hear it in like the two oh, months of that build? Oh my god. They got their money's worth. Oh, they did. It's still in our heads from 1998 because of that. Um, yeah, I had forgot. That's that's kind of crazy that that wasn't in there, really. Mm-hmm. It and is, yeah. And especially considering who Austin and Taker were at this time uh, in, in 98. I mean, yeah, it was epic. Yeah, they were the one and two guys in the WWF at that time. Mm-hmm. Easily. Yeah. Aside from that, I mean, again, this is a, a Taker... A cane match but uh, Mania uh, 20 and it's not for the match but simply the entrance alone the taker entrance to the ring with like uh, the Druid and Paul what? Bear for the first time in years correct me if I'm wrong but this is when they buried the uh, American badass and then they brought back the dead man yes so I mean just the anticipation it was the mania. The dead man was coming back. A lot of people were really tired of the American Badass gimmick or Dead Man Inc. or whatever he was doing at the time. And just like I, I remember the excitement of getting to see Taker come back again, and I think they did it, uh, did it well. And especially bringing Paul Bearer back. I mean, come on. Uh, I don't think there's been enough talk about how how much of an essential part of Taker, especially the early years of Taker, that Paul Bearer was to him. I mean, absolutely. Paul Bearer actually uh, has his own special on the WWE Network now that just went up this week. And yeah, when you think Undertaker, you know, in my head, still one of the first images is Paul Bearer in the background with the urn going, oh, yes, and all that fun stuff. I mean, alone, just alone, I mean, such a weird kind of gimmick uh, character. I mean, so many ways that could have failed. I mean, his name is Paul Bearer, but man, that he it was he owned it. He rocked it, whether he was being silly or serious or kind of ominous. I mean, he just, he, it, it was just, and, it, and he made it work with this big dead guy. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and one of my favorite moments that kind of plugs in with Taker willing to take uh, a bump to sell someone or someone's career is Royal Rumble 2002 with Maven. Yes, yeah. Maven eliminates The Undertaker, the rookie from Tough Enough. Yeah. And knocks out I mean, one of the favorites in the match. I remember, I still remember, I mean, just the, the, the what, you know, the WTF moment that happened. It's like, and again, Taker was willing to do it. Now he went and like he beat Maven relentlessly for the next couple of months but still (laughs) it happened it did and that is kind of again every year when they do those by the numbers or when they used to do those by the numbers videos for the royal rumble 
That would be one of the clips they'd always show is Maven drop kicking the Undertaker out. He's long gone, but he has a moment, you know, that will always make you think like, oh yeah, Maven, remember him. And, and that there's very few people that could have made that moment as memorable as it was, other than the Undertaker. I mean, you would have had to have had like an Austin or something like that willing to do that. Yeah, he's maybe a little underrated as underrated as an actor because he can go over the top and kind of be silly, like. But sometimes he just nails it, and when Maven gets him out, kind of that half confusion, oh. half anger face that he makes is great. Hey, he he had the same face as everyone in the audience and at and at home. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they also, we mentioned a few of these. They left off the Brock Hell in a Cell match. Josh and I talked about um, the, we mentioned the Fatal Four, the uh, Brett when not only HBK Ground Zero, Mankind Revenge of the Taker, uh, Mankind King of the Ring 96. This is a lot better than some of the matches on the list. And hmm. the Final Four from In Your House Final Four in yeah. 1997. Another 97 match that Taker was in that was great the vader match from 97 was great um the boiler room brawl from 96 yes yeah. you know yep boiler room <laughs> brawl that was very especially now in the era of cinematic wrestling that was, was very, ahead, of, ahead of its time <laughs> yeah it was yeah. ahead of its time <laughs> so i i looked up um melter you know like i do and he any any match of takers above four stars we pretty much covered them all. There was one that I don't remember. Um, Taker versus Kurt Angle on a SmackDown. Um, yeah, from two thousand three. Yeah, uh, it's for the belt, so I guess that Wait. helped it. Is it two thousand three or two thousand two? Hold on, it is. Just scroll back. Uh, this is September four, two thousand three. I mean, I, I, I W. Dot com could be wrong, but it does. I mean, it might be the one you're thinking of, and then it just is wrong on here because it says um, this was for the WWE Championship match ended after Lesnar interfered and attacked both Angle and The Undertaker. Okay, no, gave, no, that's I haven't seen that. Give it 4.25 stars, so another Angle match. Um, and then this other one that I was wondering if you remembered because it's a lot it's from survivor series 2001 jericho kane big show rock and taker versus booker t angle rob van dam shane and stone cold <laughs> oh yeah for sure that's the blow off to the alliance angle yeah but yeah he gave that 4.5 which is kind of crazy but that was the first Survivor Series match to go like 45 or 50 minutes. They've done it a few times since then. But that was the first one. So it was good, you know, as much as the invasion was fumbled <clears throat> in a lot of spots, uh, they blew it off really well with that match. It felt <laughs> like, okay, this is the conclusion of like seven months of storytelling. <laughs> when, when the blow off is the, the best part. I think you just described everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the blow off be the play on words, not only the blow off like the end, but blow off like 
And no, thank you. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, that, yeah, yeah, that's our uh, WWE.com Undertaker tournament, guys. Any final words on uh, the Dead Man as we're going into the 30th anniversary celebration of him in a few weeks? Um, Might be a few days by the time we release this. <laughs> Go ahead, Tommy. I'm I'm all for a send off, but I I really hope that like he's done with matches. Yeah, that's all. For I mean, you know, I mean, especially after because you know if he if he's had a break and he's like, oh man, I can do it one more time. It's like no, I, I'm I'm all about wrestlers kind of like retiring and just appreciating the work they've done. So I I just hope that he's able to get a a. A well-deserved like send-off or memor, you know, a a remembrance, um, because he totally deserves it. And you can bring the character out anytime. And I'm still going to get like the goosebumps when I see the lightning and him walking out. Um, but I, I I hope that he can just be happily satisfied with what he has given the people. You don't want the Undertaker cinematic universe now. Oh God! Um, well, I mean, if if Steven Seagal is still making movies, I mean, it's possible, but um, you, you you would have to you would have to do it right, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't want it. <laughs> um, I, but I remember after WrestleMania thinking like, oh wow, we might be about to get this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, what about you? Any final words on Taker before the 30th uh, anniversary? Well, I agree. He definitely deserves something. And I, I don't know, like, I was trying to think of COVID and everything going on was, like, good or bad for, like, this whole Survivor Series thing. Like, um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it might be a good time to just kind of, like, break the fourth wall and just have, like, all of the wrestlers just kind of come out, you know, and just, like, I don't know, whatever, like tell stories or whatever and just have it be a little bit more like just unique. Um, and, and I could see him being like, uh, you know, that's cool, but maybe wait till like mania next year if there's <laughs> a vaccine or something and having like 80,000 people like cheering for him one last time. Um, yeah. Not necessarily like a match, but you know, just whatever coming out. Um. One little note that I did forget to mention is, like, watching, you know, stuff from as early as, like, Hogan um, to, like, recent stuff. You really get to see, like, the deterioration of the commentators over the years. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, freaking Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon just, like, (laughs) so good. And then just, like, over, you know, over time, there was, like, some good, like, Jim Ross and Lawler stuff, and then it was just like kept going. And we end up with down. like the coach and Michael Cole. Yeah, and commentating yeah. Together. <laughs> I was like, man, what happened here? <laughs> so good in the '90s, but you know, being that old guy where you say like it was best in the '90s, but whatever. Something that I do remember cracks me up is that WrestleMania eight. I love that where Bobby Heenan goes. You know, Monsoon death. Never takes a holiday. And he's like, what are you getting? I was like, I don't know. These things just come to me. It's like I have two brilliant minds sometimes. Awesome. 
I can't remember what it was, but there was definitely a will you stop in that uh, Hogan match today. So that was worth the price of admission. Amazing. I want to say as a final thought for um, me on this Undertaker tournament, looking over it, like the matches with Sean, the match with Brett that ended up winning our tournament, the matches with Edge, the matches with Angle, uh, the matches with Brock, and then the matches with Triple H, and then the matches that we talked about that got left off, you know, the um, the Punk match, and kind of Tommy, you know, kind of went into the uh, build with the Kane match from 20. I think as much as we here have crapped on and will continue to crap on some of the hokier stuff about The Undertaker, with his resume, he really is one of the greatest of all time. He's one of the goats. One of the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, and he's got this like massive series of like four. I don't know if I'd put a Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Maybe, but uh, I, I, got... I think it's hard. It's a hard, you know, with all the decades there are. But he's definitely up there for sure. Yeah, know, he is. For sure. How far? Like how long he spanned? You know, his career and. High quality matches in each of the decades, just crazy. Yeah, like if you had a set of like the twenty best Undertaker matches, I think like the number twenty would still be like four and a half stars, probably. In fact, he was able to make his career span over so many huge times, and like the the decades, and this that that he was still on top when so many people would have been bumped off or thrown off for the talent that he was uh, sharing the locker room with and sharing the ring with. Yeah. Like the Heidenreichs and the giant Gonzalez's and the Kamala's, <laughs> the well, a trains, the tests. It's funny. You mentioned uh, real fast. I'll say it like you mentioned Gonzalez. I know you're joking, but I was thinking when I was watching that Hogan match, I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm bad at remembering like the behind the scenes stuff. So you might know James, but like, when they brought him in, I, I it almost felt like, oh, okay, this is going to be another like giant Gonzalez, like just a a big dude with a dumb gimmick, and he's going to be like a villain for about a year and a half, and then you know everyone will forget about him, and then Taker basically is like, now I'm going <laughs> to be so good that you can't really deny me even with my, you know, silly gimmick and everything. Amen. Amen. All right. Here's to the Undertaker. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. (laughs) Toast to the dead man. (laughs) All right. uh, Guys, thanks for doing this tonight. Um, I might have to insert a magic dong here at the end. Which is ironic because I just had a vasectomy. (laughs) So I'm sitting here. (laughs) Magic dong. (laughs) Do you get it? Sledgehammer of jokes. Oh, um, that was we can we can cut this. I I did mean to tell you guys that was the sledgehammer of things um, in the one of the edge matches. The one where I guess it's the Hell in the Cell when he does the thing with a chair through the table that he did to mankind. Yeah, and like mm. he said, they show him like up close saying, "What does he say?" It's like. Do you remember or something like that? Like, literally, like, remember this? And then, like, JR, I think, whoever it was, like, connects the dots on commentary 
And then they show a replay and say it again. I'm like, oh my god, we get it. Like, it was a really cool freaking spot. And they just had to, like, hit you over the head with it, like, so many times. Uh, it's like, just like Alan Sal with Mick Foley. Do you remember that king? Do you remember King of the Ring with Mick Foley? <laughs> I'm going to go back and watch that match now. Uh, you had me wanting to do it anyway, but now that there's like a stupid sledgehammer plot moment in it, now I really want to do it just so I can enjoy that too. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, the, the Taker Tournament. You can rest in peace. You can make them famous. You can try them. You can have a decade of destruction. <laughs> what else is there? Um... Oh, don't forget to uh, throw those soup bones. He can he throw is, the soup bones. Is you the, can reap the souls. And be the, the greatest pure striker in WWE history. Oh, yeah. I heard that a few times today. <laughs> Undertaker with that <laughs> MMA background. <laughs> but, um, no matter what you do, you cannot be more dependable then three things, one of which the Undertaker represents very well. Death. Taxes. And ready, savage. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. That oh, time. Rest in peace, guys. <laughs> I guess, guys.
You jabronis hit the jackpot. And then all of a sudden, you're jumping around like a bunch of idiots. Undertaker with his Mickey Mouse tattoos and his 33-pound head. <laughs> oh, what are you laughing at? Jumping around, screaming like a girl. 